meditation on Psalm 13, which is our unison reading for today. The 13th Psalm, hear the word of the Lord. To the chief musician, a psalm of David. How long, O Lord, will you forget me forever? How long will you hide your face from me? How long shall I take counsel in my soul, having sorrow in my heart daily? How long will my enemy be exalted over me? Consider and hear me, O Lord my God. Enlighten my eyes, lest I sleep the sleep of death. Lest my enemy say, I have prevailed against him. Lest those who trouble me rejoice when I am moved. But I have trusted in your mercy. My heart shall rejoice in your salvation. I will sing to the Lord because he has dealt bountifully with me. Amen. Let's look to the Lord in prayer. Our Heavenly Father, we thank you for the instruction and the hope that you give us in your word and specifically in this psalm. We pray as your people, as we meet together, to pray to you through our mediator, our Lord Jesus Christ, and by the help of the Spirit as we seek to do this, would you please instruct and strengthen us out of this psalm for your glory now, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. The 13th Psalm involves what the Puritans called spiritual desertion. David crying to the Lord during a time of spiritual desertion. You know as a child probably how fearful it can be uh, to be lost or to be deserted by your family, uh, to be separated from them. One of the earlier memories I have probably from the from age five was being in Kmart with my mother and somehow became separated from her, couldn't find her. And I w- it was just for a few minutes, but I was scared to death. I was crying and it was a scary feeling being separated from her like that. I went a few years ago with my oldest boy and we were in the Wachita Mountains in southeast Oklahoma and he was just about four years old, so it was actually six years ago. And he was becoming confident in exploring the forest, and he wasn't being careful to stay around Daddy, so I just let him go, and I hid behind a tree, and I just waited to see how far he would go. And he kept going and going and going. He went way, way down this bank until he realized I wasn't there. There were high ferns all around him. There were uh, trees. There's a huge forest, and he began to look around and began to cry out. And, and look for me frantically and cry out and cry out. And he was fearful. And I wanted him to be. I wanted him to experience what it's like to be a little kid alone in the forest and that you have to pay attention to where you are and you have to stay with your parent when you're out there, when you're that age. Well, the Lord sometimes puts His children through this experience spiritually of what is called spiritual desertion. The psalmist speaks of it in the first two verses. He says, how long, O Lord, will you forget me forever? He felt like God had forgotten him. He felt like God had hidden his face from him. He is experiencing daily sorrow in his heart, he says. And it looks like his enemies are winning and they're triumphing over him. And I remind you, dear Christian, that this experience of the psalmist that you could call spiritual desertion, feeling like you're deserted by God. This is a regular experience of Christians. If you experience this, 
It's not odd, and you're not alone. This is the experience of every believer, some more than others, but it is the experience of us all. We find it throughout Scripture. Remember how Job cried out in Job 23, 8-9. He says, I go forward, but he is not there. He's speaking of God. I go forward, but he is not there. And backward, but I cannot perceive him. When he works on the left hand, I cannot behold him. When he turns to the right, I cannot see him. Job has, has been deprived of the comforting awareness of the presence of God, of God's graces and comforts to his soul. We find it symbolized in the Song of Solomon, chapter 3, verses 1 and 2. Remember where the Shulamite becomes careless toward her husband. He comes to the door at night to enter into the house and she will not arise to let him in. And when she finally does arise from sleep to let him in the door, he's gone. And she says there, by night on my bed, I sought the one I love. I sought him, but I did not find him. I will rise now, I said, and go about the city in the streets and in the squares. I will seek the one I love. I sought him, but I did not find him. This is a picture of the Christian and the great difficulty and anxiety that we can experience during these times. And this is why Puritan Edward Lee said that spiritual desertion is the greatest affliction that can befall a godly man. It reminds us that this befell our Lord Jesus on the cross when he cried the cry of dereliction, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? So it was the experience of our Lord Jesus Himself in His dying hour. But we'll see there's a, a huge difference between His desertion and ours. Because, dear Christian, when you feel deserted of God, you never really are deserted of God. And the reason is because our Lord Jesus really was deserted of God on the cross as He cried out, My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? God had withdrawn all comforts and all enjoyment of those comforts. There as our Lord Jesus suffered in our place. And because He was deserted for us, because He received what we deserve on the cross, we will never be deserted by God. And even in our hour, our darkest hour, when we feel deserted, we are not. But with this in mind, this psalm teaches us that as a Christian, you will suffer times of spiritual desertion. And I want to give you three things to do. The simple thought, what to do during spiritual desertion. Three things that this psalm teaches us to do. First of all, complain to the Lord. Complain to the Lord. This is in verses 1 and 2. This teaches us that it is right for you as a Christian to complain to the Lord when you do not have awareness and comfort of God's presence. We see this in other psalms like the 102nd Psalm and the inspired title of that psalm. It says this, that this psalm is... A prayer of the afflicted when he is overwhelmed and pours out his complaint before the Lord. It's a whole psalm complaining to God of his situation. 
In the 142nd Psalm, verse 2, it says, I pour out my complaint before Him. I declare before Him my trouble. This is good and right for you as a Christian. When you are suffering spiritual or physical affliction, and you have complaints about it, to pour out those complaints in faith to God. God already knows your thoughts. He already knows your heart. And He invites you and He teaches you, including in this psalm, to bring those complaints to Him. We can hear in this the faith-filled complaint of our Lord Jesus Christ. When the psalmist is crying out here in Psalm 13, How long, O Lord, will you forget me forever? And he's speaking of the sorrow of his heart. You can hear the cry of our Lord Jesus on the cross in His dying hour, My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Christ, who did not deserve to be forsaken, but He's being forsaken for our sins and because of our alienation from God. And in this, we take hope, dear Christian, that if our Lord Jesus, in His perfect righteousness, poured out complaint to God, faith-filled complaint, He has merited all that you need to be able to pour out and expect God to hear your prayer when you complain to Him during affliction. And dear Christian, I encourage you, go to God with your complaints. Often the first thing we do is we start to mull over our afflictions. When we feel like God has abandoned us spiritually, we begin to mull over it in our mind. We become depressed or despondent. Maybe we say something to another, maybe to our spouse, maybe to a Christian friend, and there's nothing wrong with speaking to one another about our burdens, but it ought to be that the first place we go is we go to God and cry out to God. My boy was separated there in the woods. That was exactly what he should have done when he realized that he was separated from me, is to cry out. And that's what we ought to do as believers. And I encourage you, dear believer, to repent of unbelieving sinful complaints. Complaints when you've spoken of God and His providence in a sinful way. And replace this with faith-filled complaint. Expressing to God your pain. Expressing to God your sorrow and your difficulty and the perplexities around you. The, the, the struggling thoughts of your mind. The confusion of your mind. Express it to God in prayer. And I remind you to take hope in this. That one day in glory there will be no more complaining to God. Because all afflictions and all trials of spiritual desertion will be passed. Secondly, not only complain to the Lord during spiritual desertion, but cry to the Lord. Verses 3 to 4. He is making his prayer to the Lord, asking in two ways here. He's crying to the Lord in total dependence. Verse 3, consider and hear me, O Lord my God, and light my eyes lest I sleep the sleep of death. David is confessing to God that God is the only hope he has. He's absolutely dependent upon God. And if God does not hear and answer his prayer, there is no other hope for him. Pray to God like that, dear believer. He prays here also. He cries to the Lord in a view, with an ultimate view to God's glory. Verse 4, he's asking for this. He says, lest my enemies say I have prevailed against him, lest those who trouble me rejoice when I am moved. This is similar to when Moses prayed for the children of Israel when God 
threatened to destroy them at the incident of the golden calf in Exodus 32. And Moses prays to the Lord, uh, don't destroy them because then the Egyptians will, will mock and say God brought them out of Egypt, but now He's destroyed them. Moses is concerned for the reputation of God's name and for the glory of God. That's the ultimate aim of his intercession for the people of Israel. And the psalmist's ultimate aim for praying for God's deliverance from the spiritual desertion is that God be glorified and that his enemies and the Lord's enemies not triumph. So cry to the Lord in this way. And in this, look to our Lord Jesus who cried to the Lord in total dependence, who cried to God in total dependence, even at the cross. And here we pause to remember, yes, our Lord Jesus is truly God in His divinity. According to His divinity, He is truly God. God, truly God. But we know also that according to His humanity, He is man, truly man. And as man, He lived in total dependence upon God. And that's why we find Him at the cross, even in His dying hour, in prayer, crying to the Lord in that extreme spiritual desertion. Hebrews tells us in 5-7 of Jesus, who in the days of His flesh, when He had offered up prayers and supplications with vehement cries and tears to Him who was able to save Him from death, He was, he, he was heard because of His godly fear. Oh, dear believer, cry to the Lord Christ's Cries, his prayers have been heard and answered, and he is your great high priest, and your prayer will be accepted by God in and through Christ. And pray always to God's glory, as did our Lord Jesus in John 17. He's praying, Father, the hour has come, glorify your Son, that your Son also may glorify you. Dear Christian, in this, I exhort you to repent. Repent of self-confidence rather than depending on the Lord. We are so prone to depend on ourselves. Repent of short-sightedness where we pray just to obtain our own comforts or obtain our own needs rather than praying with an ultimate view to God's glory. Oh, dear Christian, refocus on the glory of God as the ultimate aim as you cry to the Lord. And do this in hope, knowing that in future glory, never again will you cry to the Lord because you'll be with the Lord. When my son was back with me there in the Wachita forest, he wasn't crying out for me anymore. He was with me. And one day you'll be in the presence of God in glory. There'll be no more need for prayer. So when you pray today, pray in hope of this final glory. Third and lastly, not only complain to the Lord and cry to the Lord in spiritual desertion, but also be comforted in the Lord. This is verses 5 and 6. Be comforted for two reasons. Number one, your deliverance from spiritual desertion is not based on your circumstances. It's not based on yourself. It's not based on your enemies and what they do. But it's based on God's covenant mercy, which never fails. He says in verse 5, But I've trusted in your mercy. My heart shall rejoice in your salvation. And dear believer, in times of spiritual depression and desertion, take hope. You will rejoice again. Because God, in covenant love, from eternity has loved you and chosen you in Christ and He will 
cause you to persevere, and He will bring you through to His glory. Another reason you can be comforted is that you will experience God's bountiful deliverance. In verse 6, He says, I will sing to the Lord because He has dealt bountifully with me. Dear believer, you will sing to the Lord in joy, even if you're mourning now. You will sing. And you will again rejoice in Him. 